race car. I declare bankruptcy. Bears eats Battlestar Galactica. Depression. Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Why you ignorant slut? Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. You're listening to Great Scott, the Office Podcast. My name is Jay Ray, and with me is my deskmate, Jacob. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Sorry uh, to all you Jacksonville fans out there who got beat. And yeah, for all those who actually care about sports. <laughs> I'm sure none of you do, but hey. Go Pirates! <laughs> That's what I have to say. Yep. Um, yeah, so we are fin- rounding out season six today. So we've, we've come so far. Like, we're on the downhill side, even though we have, like, another nine months to go. Yeah. You know, we, we've come so far, but in the end, it doesn't does even it matter. Even really matter. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, fuck. Okay, so... Here we are. We're doing it. Um, We'll just jump right into it. We got no business to discuss, right? The only business we got is ending this freaking season of The Office. That's right. And if you want to give us your hard-earned money, visit us at brokenjar or patreon.com forward slash brokenjars. You can give us stuff. Visit us at brokenjars at XYZ, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So jumping right into it. Season 6, episode 25, The Chump. Directed by Randall Einhorn and written by Aaron Schuer. Is it Schuer or Schuer? I would say Schuer. So. So. Yeah. Yeah. This I I actually really like this cold open. It's the the radon test kit. So. Mm-hmm. Toby is in like the conference room talking about radon, the silent killer. And Michael's been finding him around his office and thinking they were ant traps. And then he realized they were from Toby. And so he just started throwing them away out of spite. Right. We've been hearing Toby talk about uh, checking air quality control and all that kind of stuff for like for seasons. So I don't know what had happened. Maybe Saber, you know, taking over, gave them a bit of an increase in like whatever. But um, he's he's finally doing. It. He's living the dream, right? He has which, a parade on, right? And we all, I mean, we find out was it season eight? I think that uh, there's issues. Maybe it's season nine. There's issues with like, um, like you know, like EM, like electromagnetic fields and stuff that oh, yeah, yeah. you know they Dwight thinks he got neutered by his own building. So, right. So obviously this building is not in the best of shape, and Dwight buying it doesn't make it any better. No. Um. So this is where a pretty classic anti-Toby line comes from. If I had where a Michael with... says, yeah. yeah. If there was Hitler, Bin Laden, and Toby, and I had two bullets, I would shoot Toby twice. So he gets into, like, how they should do it. Like, Dwight jumps in. Like, you should curve the bullet, like, in his favorite James McAvoy film, Wanted. Creed says that. Creed says that, yeah. 
Which and is like, great because, of course, that would be favorite, one of Creed's favorite movies. I have never actually seen that movie, so I don't know if it's any you're, good or not. You're probably doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> I did just watch a James McAvoy movie last weekend, um, Atomic Blonde yeah. or Charlize Theron. Oh, Theron. Yeah. yeah, she. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Recommended if you like spy actiony movies. Uh, <laughs> so you know Dwight says you should shoot him through the throat and he lines him up and like Phyllis is Hitler and Andy who's really excited to be Bin Laden yep <laughs> um, so the crux of the episode here is we're coming right off of the revelation that Donna is using Michael to cheat on her husband <clears throat> yeah i think i would that I mean that's how i chose to say it i don't know right well, using michael gonna... to cheat on her husband right but is it like you know was she looking for like was she just looking for like the uh, ad to use or was it just like you know she liked michael and also chose to cheat on her husband <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, we didn't really touch on it last time, but, like, the question of, is this Donna's first time cheating? Right. Um, which I think would kind of help answer your question there, because if it's not, then maybe she was just going for anybody. Uh, yeah, like, maybe she has an M.O. on these sappy dudes, you know? Maybe, maybe, but, like, you know, Donna is, is not an unattractive woman. She could do a lot better than Michael if she's just looking for, you know, somebody to fuck. There it is. First F-bomb. Mark it down. Um, you already said it. <laughs> I don't recall. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I spoke with utmost respect for uh, <laughs> our listeners. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm not to knock Scranton in that area of northeastern Pennsylvania or whatever, but I don't know what kind of cream of the crop they're brewing over there. Maybe Michael is the best. I mean, Steve Carl's not a bad-looking dude. Yeah, but, I mean, she actually does spend time with Michael, too. So, there's got to be some personality in there. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it's, uh, man, I felt like I was just watching something that was involving this kind of uh, illicit affair. But essentially, it's this, oh... Okay, it's this shtick of like, you know, this thing is new with Michael. So like it seems exciting regardless if he's dumb as rocks or anything like that. <laughs> well, like I mean, yeah, it could be that, but you also you could it could also be that like maybe you know, she is looking for something that her husband isn't giving her. And so maybe Michael makes her feel special. I mean, or you know, maybe her husband's a great person, but she's gotten bored. You know, it's hard to say. I mean, all of them bad reasons for all of them. Oh yes, yes. I'm not. I'm not trying to like justify her philandering. It but... Sounds like you are. Sounds like your hashtag team Donna. Um... <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm just trying to figure this out. I'm trying to round her out as a person. Um, and just as a reminder to everybody, this is the final episode in this story arc that I've been talking about, how much I hate for three episodes now. <laughs> They're all terrible. 
Um, yeah, so um, so Pam tries to get the office prepped, knowing that Michael's going to be upset, mm. right? Right. So she's got all the uh, so yeah, these Eagles flavored ice cream. Okay. Which I don't get. Was it the color of the Eagles, like the Philly Eagles? No, no, no. Eagles, the band. You know, Hotel California. Oh, I see. I Desperado. see. I mean, you're a music dude. You should know the Eagles. I wasn't paying attention to the names. I was very confused by it. Uh, I don't Eagles, think they had one, but they also did Life in the Fast Lane. Uh, yeah. You know. Like long, yeah. I mean, they're a very right. classic rock band. Uh, no, I, I know the Eagles. but Michael loves the Eagles, Eagles apparently. Yeah. Uh, you know, they set up what, – what, what movie they set up in the conference Mr. Bean. Is it Mr. Mr. Bean? Bean? Okay. Yeah. I was, for, for some reason, I was thinking it was um, Weekend at Bernie's, but, which also seems like a movie that uh, Michael would love. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, you know, be careful that he will wallow, make sound effects – you know, they legit kicked Toby out of the, the office, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he shows up, but um, no, no problems. He comes in, he's good. He's yeah, kind of he's excited like, oh, about yeah. the ice cream. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, I can't eat this all by myself. Because apparently, last time this happened, he ate a crap ton of cat, like forty thousand calories in three hours. Yeah, yeah. Which, Which if, yeah. I don't know how that would be for a normal human being. I don't know how that would be possible. 40,000 calories. Let's see if, uh, if Google will give me kind of a concept. Okay. Well, Gizmodo has what 10,000 calories look like. Yeah, it's a lot. Ah, it's just a picture's not loading. I was trying to stall. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so it's it's a lot, but we find this out as Pam and Aaron are doing their talking head, which right. is essentially because they are the uh, the orchestrators of this whole get Michael well soon kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so yeah, he comes in. He like he doesn't doesn't do anything, and so they're all like, "What's going on?" and you know, everyone's like, so we're assuming that Michael matured overnight. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. I, I don't know. I, I guess the assumption would be that if you found out you were cut it off. Because that is the right thing to do. That's correct. So, but I guess. Well, yeah, he was I upset. Huh? He was upset when he found out. Right, right. And yeah, so we, we kind of get into the the B storyline where D- Dwight and Angela have gone to a mediator for their child rearing contract that even though Dwight wrote it up, he's assuming he can get out of it, which I don't know why he would think that because it's Dwight he's going he's that's not going to happen you know yeah i think what he's trying to do is he's trying to pretend to be an anti-dwight by like pointing out some of his own actual like requirements for this contract to exist as ridiculous things 
Yeah, you can't prove the beet cleanse. Like the, the beet juice cleanse. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Angela's teeth are all like pink oh, or purple terrible. or whatever color yeah. that is. Whatever terrible. color a beet is. I mean, they it is called beet red for a reason, right? It's a very that's specific right. hue of red. Yeah. Um, and then there's a there's a yeah yeah there, there's this bit where he's like essentially it's a surrogate contract right which well and I was yeah it's it's gross <laughs> right but I mean those kind of things do happen you know yeah no for sure but he does point out like he can't force anybody to actually have sex with somebody else. that's right right well yeah because surrogacy you know is generally i would assume is like in in vitro instead yeah. of actual like you know right um so uh the, there is a slight third storyline here where pam and jim are just super tired from having a baby right and <clears throat> see see <laughs> And Pam says something like, I was up with Cece all night, and Aaron goes, you really shouldn't keep a baby up that late. <laughs> Which yeah, I love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, right. And, uh, right. So, Michael still wasn't acting, you know, sad like he, like they expect him to, you know. His last breakup was really bad, which seems like it was a maybe they were talking about Holly, but maybe there was another breakup after Helene that we didn't see. Because he obviously right. he wasn't like super, super distraught over breaking up with Helene once he found no. out how old she was. Right. Yeah. Kind of a dick about it. So like Mike or not Mike, Pam just like. Michael Scott, are you still seeing Donna? And I love, he's like, when did this office become somewhere that delves into people's personal lives? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right. And the thing is, is like, Jim and Pam invite him over and he doesn't fight. And that's when yeah. Pam is like, oh, oh, this is still happening. Yeah. Well, and the invite's nice. It's like, come over, play with the baby. Um, yeah, it's, it's Michael's dream. And he like, without hesitation, it's like, ah, I'll take a rain check. Right. Cause we saw in, you know, the dinner party episode, the, the links that he will go to, to get Jim and Pam over or over to their place for dinner. Right. Um, <clears throat> so he, he kind of, you know, is like, Donna's fine with it. Her husband's terrible. Which, you know, I would assume would be the, what most people in Michael's situation would assume about the person that they were, the whose wife they were sleeping with. is like, they must be a terrible person if she's doing this, right? Because that's like how you like, you know, handle like, that's how you explain to yourself, make it okay in your own head. Like, oh, this person's a bad person. He's not well, treating like her well. Yeah, I feel like generally the, let's just say the person who is in the wrongful relationship will be called the cheaty. The cheaty, okay. And Donna is the cheater, 
Okay. Um, I I feel like generally the cheater will do some type of complaining about their spouse or significant other to the cheaty to plant that seed. Right. So the the spouse is kind of the cheated. That's the, correct. The cheater yes. will tell the cheaty about the cheated. <laughs> yeah, and how terrible the cheated is to the cheaty. So the or che- cheater rather. Cheater. Not very complicated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but uh, yeah, because I feel like you have to be particularly terrible to uh, kind of for you to fill in the blanks about a relationship, you know, knowing you're doing this thing. So I feel like the cheater tends to help create that story for you. Right. Cause, yeah. I mean, I mean, like like we established last time, I've kind of been well, not kind of I have been here before. And, you know, it's ex- even though. He was a terrible person, it didn't help that she was telling me things either. Right. Um, so. He reveals it's true, and obviously someone in the office in particular will take it more to heart which would be Andy, because he has been in that situation. Right. Um, Then Mike kind of goes on a bit of a a, a loose cannon rant, saying, why is it okay for Stanley to cheat? And Stanley doesn't even really flinch. Right. Because that is one thing. Everyone is kind of okay with Stanley being the cheater. But if you're the cheaty, everyone's kind of pissy about it. Either that or no one really cares about Stanley. (laughs) I think that's what it is, because, like, he couldn't give two Fs about anybody in that room. <laughs> so it's almost like a wasted effort for anybody to think negative thoughts about that dude. <laughs> Maybe so. Um, but, you know, this Michael's viewpoint, I think, really falls into a lot of, you know, Hollywood-ish kind of relationships. Like, think about, like, well, you know, you've got mail or another rom-com like that. You know, the girl and the guy almost always start out in bad relationships, and there is some kind of level of cheating going on or something, you know, where so it's easy, you know, especially with what we know about Michael, for him to make that jump of, oh, this is just like, you know, his fantasy world where everything works. Right, right. Um. So you got here. So what ends up happening is they decide to go meet this guy. So that right. I don't Andy know how Andy exactly like Andy manages to get him to go. And part of me feels like, you know, like, why did why did Michael go? Oh, right. Because it's in the script. Like, it really does feel like that. Well, Michael does this kind of half agreement thing a lot where he says he'll do it, but like not right now. Um, you know, he does it during um, the conflict resolution episode where he's supposed to give Dwight an answer about firing Jim or not. Right. And he does that thing where he's all like, okay, well, you know, I'm busy this week, maybe next week. Um, so it's a tactic he's used before. And that's usually, that's really clear how his, that's why he responded the way he did. He's like, oh, I'll meet him, but today I'm busy. And then right. Andy, though, pulls this. He's like, oh, well, I thought you were the boss. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and it's that that gets to Mike, yeah. Yeah. It's, so, yeah. So they go to um, the baseball game. And so, it's super awkward. Like, Andy's making all sorts of noise. And, like, 
you know, Andy knows jack shit about baseball. Well, he knows about cricket. Yeah, which I don't know how you know well, more about cricket than baseball. Like, I've tried to understand he's... cricket. It just goes way over my head for some reason. Well, I figure it's him being, like, rich, I guess, and saying that rich people watch cricket. Not in the United States, they don't. <laughs> well, you know, we all know he's a wasp. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I don't think he's being an ass, to be fair. I think he has this kind of over-excited personality anyways. Yeah, he's just, like, he's going over the top, probably to mess with Michael, like, to make him feel bad. Uh, well, but... I don't think so. I think Andy's just obnoxious. I think it's do yeah, I think it's doing what you're saying too, but I don't think he's got that goal. That makes him sound like a planner. Right, <laughs> right. And he's like and then Michael starts like going off on the coach, he's like, Oh, he's paying their salaries and all yeah, this other yeah. stuff and Andy like gets the goes up to the coach and is all about like Hey, I need to round you out as a person, and you know, makes me feel really good. I know the coach loves his wife, and he gets yeah. Michael to shake his hand, and Michael's like, "Man, I, uh, you know, I just shook the hand of the man whose wife I was sleeping with. You know who else does that? James freaking Bond. Like he's <laughs> still trying you. to like, still trying weird. to, um, yeah. like, make it okay in his head." This is where he, I mean, obviously he had lost me two episodes ago, <laughs> but in this episode, this is the moment where he lost me in this like weird attempt because I don't think he, I don't think he's hiding anything. I think he is legitimately enjoying this weird position he's in. Um, and as you said, with the whole Hollywood framing and stuff like that, for him to be like the protagonist in this romance for one time. I think he's legitimately enjoying it, uh, at least the way I feel like it was written, and that's what makes me hate it, because I don't think Michael should feel that way at this point in his life. <laughs> and it's stupid. It, but yeah. it leads to some funny moments coming up. Right, and we do get to sort of the crux of it at the end of next episode, where he's talking to Joe, and he's like, like he really just kind of opens up about how tough it's been over the last year. Right. So, you know, that's and if, if you take it from season to season, end of season five was company picnic. He finds out about um everything. Um yeah, we, ha we haven't done lectures. Have we done lecture circuit? Is that this season or next season? Next season, I think. Right, but you know, and then Helene and everything else, like he just had a a rough go of it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, and like we, we've said before, like, this is Michael hitting rock bottom. Just yeah. You know? Right. Sound effects and all. Yep. <laughs> like, you, you've, we've definitely known those people or been that person where it kind of does sound like everything's just exploding around us as our life goes up in flames. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, so uh, we find Jim and Pam asleep at their desk, full on. I mean, Pam's got her head against like the desk. Like she's snoring. <laughs> yeah. 
but Gabe walks in and sees it and d- does a, some type of weird pseudo managerial move by having them speak to him in his quote unquote office, which is just another desk in the annex. Right. Um, and it's something of like, he's like the best way to disseminate information. And I do not remember what he was trying to get across. Well, so he, he told them that they can't fall asleep and they're like, yeah, no problem, whatever. Like, well, we'll come to work well rested tomorrow. So he is then talking about, and it's like, I guess, a, a little foreshadowing for the next episode because it's talking about the printer fires. And I right, guess. What he, right, right, yeah, right, right. Not to, yeah, that's what it was. Right. So like how to handle questions about it or whatever. And it's some mm-hmm. type of tree with branching answers. And <laughs> yeah, the other decision tree email. Yeah. <laughs> but he's proud of it, and it seems like he wants Jim and Pam's feedback on how to share information, yada, yada, like what you right. said. But he says it in the boringest way <laughs> that is causing Jim and Pam to want to go back to sleep. Right. Um, and then Daryl tells him about this place that he has. Um, yeah. You know, when he's at home trying to fall asleep, he thinks about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I would love to be able to take a nap at work. Like, I would be so much more productive if I had a place <laughs> to sleep for like forty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, well, we could do it. I think Japanese people often like will live in their office. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. So we could do that. And then, so flashing back to the mediation or flashing whatever, um, you know, we he. The mediator decides that it's um, 30, like roughly 30K in damages. Uh, and, and, you know, Dwight thinks that's terrible. And whatever, for whatever reason, Angela already has a, like, legitimate sex contract wrote up. Like, it's typed up and everything. She is ready. Right. It is like, you know, two completion, five times, whenever, essentially on demand. Right. And so Dwight goes like, it's like, just because I uh, have to have sex with her doesn't mean she has to get the good stuff. So he's hurting himself, trying to, I guess, injure his abilities to make a baby. Well, I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to give her banged up sperm he's like i'm not going to give her the good stuff so i think it's like uh yeah he's hoping like if he ends up with if she ends up with a little shroot baby it's got like you know too many eyeballs or something two heads right missing right, some but kind of limb but it's not too long where you know angela does have a baby and he like is really into it so i don't know if it was just like one of those things where he um well, he's still coming off to trying to, uh, like, being really into what's her face, the dentist chick. Yeah. Um, oh, I forget her name. The J, right? Gosselin. I got him bad about. Jimmy, Jim, Jim, <laughs> Jim Hopper. <Jimmy>. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, because they had that thing at um, happy hour or whatever. And that's when mm-hmm. he kind of starts to, like, go back on his feelings about the contract with Angela. Right, right. 
And that's when she's so, like, I'll see you in small claims court, and this is the res- resolution of that. That's right. Yeah, so that's why I feel like he's still kind of standoffish. I forget what it is that makes him into her again. I mean, it really, it's probably these uh, regularly regular sex capades that they have <laughs> that causes them to kind of, like, get feelings again, because... Um, right, yeah, well, that's a thing. I think at some point, Angela does say, I, I'm pretty sure it's next season, she says something to the effect of, if he develops feelings for me, you know, he, while we're having sex, that wouldn't be the worst thing or something like that. Right. Yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is her, her plan is to get Dwight back That's through right. the sexy times. I'm sure that was her plan too, with having a child with him. Right. Um, so, I mean, ultimately she is the master planner here because that's what ultimately happens anyways, but <laughs> yeah, just two seasons down the road. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Michael has this great moment. So he comes back. He's given oranges to everybody in the office because he stole the freaking oranges from the Coal Hawks. Yeah, which is a pretty cool name. I wonder, like, I'm, I'm guessing it's the real screen high. Uh, Coal Hawks. Scranton. Yeah, because I don't know what the name of that school is. I guess it would be Scranton, but my high school wasn't named after my town. Uh, Scranton High School is the Knights. There's a West Scranton. See what they yeah. are. I figured they made it as a joke because there's like you know the the coal mines and the rock museum. Right, right. The West Scranton is the uh, Invaders. <laughs> I'm curious now. Sure, sure. No, I get it. I typed in Coal Hawks. Great, and it just gave me a bunch of office stuff, so I don't think it's... Yeah, it looks yeah. like it is something um, that was made up for the show. Apparently, someone <laughs> was selling one on eBay Yeah, from Bixby, Oklahoma, near my old stomping ground. Maybe he'll give you a discount. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, So he's checking oranges. He hits Oscar right in the chest. Why would you throw something wet at me? Yeah. Um, and then he, uh, we see him go into the kitchen, grab a cake, which apparently is for Meredith's birthday, which right. just leads me to believe that no one on the writing staff of the show know when Meredith's birthday is. I feel like it just it's Meredith's birthday when they need a birthday. Right. And that's probably like an ongoing joke. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so he takes a handful of cake and he's like just super like chill about it. Right. He's like he's very, like... I don't give an F. He's like, I'm, I'm a, I'm just taking what I want, doing what I want. And so like, Ryan, for whatever reason, takes this as an idea to like go ask Aaron for a three way with Kelly. That's right. <laughs> and she goes, and, and like, so this bit is like, again, don't like the storyline, but it's such a tight bit. So Michael grabs the cake, says what he says. Ryan's inspired, walks over to Aaron, says. You're, I'm attracted to you, and I want to have sex. She says, what about Kelly? He says, he's like, you like you read my mind, or that's exactly what I was thinking. Right, my, or and my she, thoughts exactly. Yeah. She goes, is this a joke? And he goes, yup, does a 180, <laughs> walks right back into the break room. Like, he's like, man, I don't know gotta... how you live. Yeah. And I don't know, like, what exactly makes Michael, like, he, like, like he's just doing whatever 
whatever he wants. He let great Creed line up. He don't give an F, F about nothing. And so, but for whatever yeah. reason, Mike, I don't know if there's really a, like, a moment that we see where he decides to do it. Maybe he just, like, he he has that moment of clarity where he realizes he just can't do this anymore. Right. So, and so Donna is, like, waiting at a motel because apparently whatever they're into is not okay for his condo. And... Yeah. He sends her a text and she looks all sad. She looks legit sad. Like that like Michael's calling it off. Or is she like another one bites the dust? <laughs> That's Queen, man, not not the Eagles. Different I know, I know. Different uh, you know, Eagles are for healing. <laughs> Queen is for breaking hearts. Right. Um... But in in the episode where they think Michael has um Herpes. Herpes. Like, Donna sounds really excited to hear from him. Yeah, I mean, you know, because also the way that they break up in this episode isn't, like, super official or very, like, there's no real closure for either of them. Like, he sends this text, she gets bummed out, and that's whatever. But even in a relationship that is probably built on lies and deceit and general terribleness... Um, you know, you get feelings and you're like, oh, you know, I wish that we could have had a goodbye moment or whatever. Maybe, yeah. And I guess the other, even though, like, this is a terrible relationship, I don't want Michael to have gotten, like, completely screwed over. Yeah, she screws him over, but I, part of me wants Michael to have at least have been liked, you know? Right. Maybe that's just a silly thing for me. I don't know. It is. <laughs> That's why we're going to have a podcast show about you. Uh, so, Michael, um, they, like, well, we see Jim and Pam in the in this, like, lofty area where they sleep in the, uh, in the warehouse. And Dwight and Angela are, are going at it. So, they, I guess they have to listen to them, you know, do whatever they do. Right. And I guess we know from uh, other times, it generally lasts about 45 minutes. Yep, that's right. From the time theft <clears throat> episode. Um, and, and so Michael's like walking out of the building to close out the episode. And this news crew comes up to him like, do you have any comments? He's like, well, I'd like to apologize to the coach and the players. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, about the Saber printers catching on fire. He's, like, he's totally oblivious. So somehow everyone in the office knows about this but him. So I'm guessing uh, he's been so yeah. into this whole relationship, he's just kind of checked out, which is, you know, pretty Michael. was well, something yeah. he would do. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised he doesn't have his finger on the pulse of what's going on in his office, but. I mean, at least this time, it seems like he's got a reason for it, as opposed to just general disinterest about work. Right. Uh, yeah, and then it ends with him going, what? what? Right. <laughs> uh, so what do you think, man? Um, I, You know, this is an okay episode. It really feels 
like this could like the this episode and the next episode could have been a two parter, like because yeah. they're they're very connected. So it, I don't know. It's sort of a bridge episode, uh, but I you know I liked it. So I'll give it a three out of five. Uh, James freaking Bonds. All right. <laughs> yeah, I hate the storyline, but there's some funny parts. Right, that Ryan bit really, is just cracks I mean, me up. Yeah. You got the Bin Laden. So I'm go... You got Creed. Yeah, right. Ryan. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna go right down the middle. Okay. Two and a half free orange slices. There you go. All right. Episode 26 of season six, the season finale. Whistleblower. Written by Warren Lieber- Lieberstein and Halstead Sullivan. I'm pretty sure that's the first time we've seen him. And directed by Paul Lieberstein. A brotherly effort there. Yep. So we open up pretty so, much. Uh, uh, uh... Stuff happens in this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So we find out that Mike actually did give a small interview and he mm-hmm. like he probably would have had to have done if he knew about it anyways. He just denied anything. And, you know, he did a pretty good job and um, he's enjoying it and he wants the office to watch it as well. And in his kind of uh, narcissistic stardom there, he gets a phone call from what he thinks is an admiring fan. Right, and a very high pitched Todd Packer, yeah, like, looking how, to touch his micro penis. Like how how does he not recognize Packer at this point? <laughs> does he just know, want to have an like an adoring fan so much that he's just like soaking it in? Yeah, I mean, he sucks. <laughs> uh, Todd is is just the worst. I mean, let me let me say as like a kind of a side, um. I don't know if you ever watched the UK office. Uh, I've seen like two episodes. (laughs) A moment that's really great is this uh, Todd Packer's character in the UK office is called, I think, Chris Finch. And um, kind of as that series wraps up, David Brent has a really good telling off of Finch. Where he's like, you're always a terrible friend to me. Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Mike doesn't get that opportunity in the show. Well, uh, he doesn't do it to his face, but mm-hmm. he does send him to Tallahassee. He does that like sending him to Tallahassee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's a little different though, because like Finch knows that this dude who he looks down on thinks very little of him in a way that Packer just kind of like is free roaming. Right. Does Packer show up again once Mike leaves? Yeah, I mean, he's in Florida. Like, he gets hired on That's with right. yeah, Saber yeah. in Florida, and he's yeah. a part of the Tallahassee episode. That's right. Like, he's trying to sleep with, what's her name? Uh, Donna Noble. Donna, Donna Noble. <laughs> yep, that's right. That's exactly right. Um, so, it's an emergency, DEFCON 5. Mm-hmm. Which is the lowest, the DEF highest Con. of DefCons. That's right. So he wants everybody in the office to watch his clip eleven times, I guess, to go above some pedophile clip. Right, someone who is sleeping with students. He says we. 
We cannot let the pedophile win again, he says. I don't know what the first time was, but apparently he's got a vendetta. <laughs> right. And then Angela finds um, a video of a baby otter on the site. <laughs> yeah. Which is supposedly super cute. I mean, baby otters are super cute. I and believe pink... otters are very rapey. Not to ruin everything, but in today's political climate, I think it's worth noting that otters... You know, they're little, they're little, they're little aquatic Weinstein's, maybe. So, just uh, <laughs> but in terms of baby animals, they are up slack. there on the baby animal scale. All right. I, mean, I don't know what is. <laughs> they are like... the babiest, most animalist. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're right up there with like, I don't know, baby tigers or something. Baby tigers are super cute. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the yeah. people out there on the internets will give us a definitive listing of the cutest baby animals, ranked one through ten, with That's with it. sources. Please, if you do not have sources, yeah. get the fuck out. Get out. I'll send it back. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the otters are distracting, and Mike uh, can't help but watch it himself, and it's very adorable. Right. But then, but, Joe but, shows but, up. Yeah, she shows. Uh, she's not happy. Like she's got, I'm assuming the screen times, um, or, right. or whatever. I mean, she probably has like a Google alert about it. So she sees saber printers and screen times. Or whatever. Yeah. It's this great little thing about like talking, like she's talking to the office, but also like to the cameras. Like, you know, we, we found it. We released a software patch and right before we send a free toner to all of our affected people. Uh, you know, these cheap form printers are attacking innocent Americans. <laughs> this whole bit. And, like, but someone thought that was a better story. She, like, like a glued and, like, slaps this the, the story on top of Pam's, uh, you know, office drawing. And she's, su- like, Pam, like, looks super offended about it. That's right. Yeah. And like apparently they lost half their clients, which, you know, that's a big big drop. Yeah, it's it's very rough. And and I guess just to skip ahead just a hair, I believe Joe lets everybody off too easily by the end of this episode based on how mad she is here, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Just like looking ahead. Um Yeah, so you know, uh Michael tries to vouch for everybody in the office. He's like, I know these people. And then he just lists, he knows what their birthdays are. I know their, their favorite, favorite cakes are. Their favorite color of streamer. <laughs> streamer, yeah. <laughs> um, and Joe has this really clever tactic where basically the only question she asks is what should we do with the person guilty? Right, which she got from her grandmother or mom who was a prison guard. Yeah. Bring down, like, she would ask them, you know, what should we do with the guilty person? Like, come down on them with that swift hammer of justice. They were fine. Because a guilty or yeah. a clean conscience needs no uh, mercy. Mercy. Yeah. But if they're like, oh, maybe they had a reason. Nine out of ten times, that was the anus they checked. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say, personally, I feel like I would never be harsh on anybody. So my anus would always be checked. <laughs> but yeah, like, but yeah, because... 
you know at some point that's got to get going around. Like, if you say this, they're not going to, like, you know, shove things inside you. And, and they didn't I love... say they shove things. They just check. They're just looking. <laughs> oh, there's really only one way to do that. Well, maybe the, no, you know, maybe the tip of a flashlight, a straw, some. But still. Those duck, sp- those duck spreaders. <laughs> Wow. Well, I think we've hit a new low, which is something for us. There you go. And I love, like, she uh, starts off with Michael. He takes her in there. He's like, what should we do with him? And he's like, we should send them on a one-way ticket to Montego Bay. Yeah. And Joe just looks at him really weird, like, with all the Al-Qaeda. Like, yeah. Oh, you mean Guantanamo Bay. Right. <laughs> we, have, we have this great scene with uh, Nick, the IT guy. Who was the same guy from season four? Yeah, I swear that post shows up like once every three or four weeks on the Reddit. Like, hey, yeah. did you notice this? Like, yes, yes, we did. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, it's funny too because that that bit in season four that's like a pre-credits closer. Like, it's not part of the episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, presumably that would have had happened before Michael's freak out. Hmm. You know, and this this guy does okay. He eventually dates um, Zoe Zoe Deschanel and uh, and New Girl. At least I'm pretty sure in he's the in show. That. Yeah, I remember him from Scott Pilgrim. Got some good bits. He's like a super hipster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like the first album was much better than the first album. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Whenever I watch shows like this, I always, when I, mean, I see these actors in other shows, I'm like, oh, look what they did. They came all the way from Scranton, L.A. Yeah, you know, yes. Yeah. You know, silly things that me and my wife do. Uh, yeah. and then we, so he's checking the hard drives. Right. And he, uh, like, he gets into Dwight's, and Dwight pins him down. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, and then Oscar's like, oh, he's checking our hard drives for information about the leak. Thank you, big brother. And this is actually the first time I've actually caught it. But Dwight says, oh, you're Oscar's big brother? I got nothing to hide. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Kevin's like, so you're, you're, you're checking all the computers? Which we've, we've established that he has a lot of stuff on his computer he shouldn't have on his computer. Right. We're assuming I mean, porn. mostly pornography. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he like starts running over to the desk and Nick is like, hey, I already checked yours. And he runs back. Yeah. He's like, oh, sometimes I just like to to run. That's right. So so we find ourselves in a, a small meeting in Michael's office with Angela. I mean, just half the office. Phyllis is in there and they're like, we know Andy did it. Right. Like, no question. So there's no reason for us to go through this whole 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 hole down or whatever <laughs> um and be like you know it, it's just andy and michael doesn't believe it he yeah i believe according to netflix's captions it says michael refers to angela as a spermed lover yeah a spermed lover yes which is which is rough <laughs> that is um, tough but then they look out at andy because michael make some comment about like Andy just not being able to do it. Yeah. And Andy's flossing, but he's got like his hands are like shoulder width apart. He's like (laughs) 
seesawing this piece of floss. Like, yeah. It's got to be like a three foot long piece of <laughs> Like, who yeah. the fuck does that? Like, right. So we find out that uh, Daryl knows something. Right. It, well, they bring it, he brings Andy in. Yeah. And Andy just throws Daryl under the bus. That's right. It's like, Daryl was more concerned about than I am. And so Dar- or Michael goes and talks to Daryl, and Daryl just straight cops through it. He's like, yeah, I was talking to this girl at the bar, and I told her, and she was something. Yeah, you have a reporter for something. Right. Like, like girls, she cute? Yeah. He's like, no. Yeah. Michael looks so upset that she wasn't cute. And what we end up finding out is like everybody pretty much did something. Like Pam said something. Kelly uh, did. Kelly. Well, Kelly's like, of course it was me. I spend most of the time talking, so I don't even. Uh, She's like, I, I don't tweeted. even listen to myself anymore. Yeah. And then we found out, like, David Wallace heard about it, so he was telling everybody, so apparently right. he's still pissed off about getting laid off. Right, and still pushing suck it. Yeah, he's still pushing suck it. Um, so, and this is where we actually learn about the start of Woof. That's right. Woof.com. No, which, is it Woof.com? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Which... Yeah, we'll, we'll get to. Uh, I was about to go on a small rant, but I'll wait until later episodes. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, it's only twelve ninety nine a month. Only twelve, which is way <laughs> too expensive for an online service. Come on, man, you should know this. It's nine ninety nine no. or nothing. <laughs> That's fair. He got the nine ninety. He's got the ninety nine cents going. Uh, right. Well, well. To be fair, I do pay more than that for Hulu with no commercials. There you I, go. I do do that. So. Well, so imagine for just $13 a month minus one cent, you could watch something on Hulu with no commercials and simultaneously fax, email, call, text message, tweet, Facebook update, Instagram post probably if Wolf stayed with the times. Yeah, or I could just <laughs> I could literally do all of that except for the fax with IFTTT. Well, for $13, you don't have to worry. <laughs> um, Could you imagine so, how big of a pain that would be to set that up for the first time, like typing in all your logins and like authenticating like, oh, yeah, service yeah, after service. Sure. After. And then, you know, you know, he's probably an asshole where he's <laughs> got to do it on your phone. So you're like, oh, sure. You know, just like 30 accounts typing in those long ass passwords. Yeah. And what I do love, though, is, like, when he sends himself a woof, you see an AIM window pop yeah. up in the background, which, you know, rip AIM, which died eventually right. last month. That's right. Like, I haven't used I hadn't used AIM in forever, but, you know, it made me a little sad. It's like, oh, there goes a piece of my childhood in college. <laughs> what was your AIM username? Uh... It was the same as a lot of it. It was PowerPoint. Well, in college, it was PowerPoint Ninja, because I'm terrible at coming up with screen names. And one of my friends called me that because I'm really good with PowerPoint. So it's like, all right, I'll use it. And the only reason I got AIM in college was because of a girl. She was like, hey, you should totally get this so we can like chat. 
And I said, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, not to go through the whole history, but the last uh, AIM ID I had was Kryptonian Punker, and Punker had no vowels. PNKR. Pretty dope. <clears throat> MySpace.com. Um, so, so now Mike knows this and he, uh, he's had them all in the, in a Meredith's van to kind of talk about, you know, what's going to happen. And they come to the conclusion that Mike needs to make it so that no one really gets punished too hard. Right. And he and does this really too, weird cause... thing where he's like, like he goes to like, Joe. Yeah. and he makes all these really weird hand oh, signs yeah. to her. He, he, he's like, I somehow know exactly what that means. Yeah. <laughs> so, so but yeah, he goes to Joe meeting, and is starting to like, hey, you know, we just need to like make him come to work. Do we give him a Christmas bonus? Probably. It's like, Christmas. She's like, <laughs> she's like, Michael Scott, what do you know? And he just clams yeah, up. She's like, speak, speak. And the dog started barking. And she's just this terrible, yeah. like, amazing, like, disgusted look. Yeah. And um, so it's it's this terrifying scene of Michael in the car, quietly being driven away from the safety of his office. Right. And he keeps talking to stuff about, like, I've got friends. I've got dinner with the chief of police. Yeah. He's like, in his yeah. mind, he's going to go get whacked. Like... <laughs> That's right, yeah. I don't fully understand the move myself, really, why this happens at a jet and, like, not at a restaurant or anything, but it's to get, this goes to my point. Yeah, it's to get hurt yeah. him out of his comfort zone, you know, away from everyone else, right. I think. You know, it, it's definitely a power move because it's her jet. Like, she's showing off her status, right? Right. Right. And plus, maybe she feels like if they're just by themselves, they can, she can talk more fluidly to her, to them. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Could be. So, yeah, there's. Yeah. And, you know, she really, like we said earlier, I guess not even time to talk about it, but like she really does kind of soften. Like, I, think I don't she, know why. It's because he she's sad for him. I think she's sad for him. Um, you know, she you you find out this little bit about you know how she hates selling that she hates selling foreign printers, and you know which sets up the whole robber California talking her out of her own job thing, and then eventually right. liquidating the company at the end of season eight. Yep. Um, I so before I guess we go through that whole bit in the airplane. Nick does have a moment where he uh, we find out he's got a new job. He's leaving. Yeah, teaching for uh, He's America. actually doing some. Yeah. Um, and uh, it is in this moment where Gabe is uh, talking to the whole office, explaining that he's done with his investigation, he's established who he believes is guilty, and it's Andy. Right. Um, 
And then Jim comes in to try to save Andy, and Andy, being the dope that he is, is all like, thanks, thanks, man. Yeah, exactly. It could be anybody. It could be Jim. It could be Jim, right. Um, yeah. So that's when Nick comes in, uh, says he's leaving or whatever, and Angela yells at him. He's like, we're in a meeting. And he kind of, like, loses it. No one it remembers, because, like, well, what's his name? It's something weird, like the Shadow or Garth. Shadow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then uh, Nick Jim just unloads on everybody. He's like, yeah. come on, Daryl, you're on Facebook. Why are you telling people you're not on Facebook? <laughs> I know. It's funny, too, because, like, it seems like it's such, it's like the worst burn of them all. It's all like, come on, man, people want to be your friend. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so... Um, yeah, to backtrack a little bit, when Dwight is talking to Joe, he's like, you know, you should be investing in land. So he ends up like putting an offer on the building, which right. is pretty good. Uh, like, make him an offer he can't refuse. Wait, on second thought, low ball. Right. And yeah, so, you know, Michael and Joe kind of bond. He's like, hey, you know, it's been a rough year. I bought a video camera and only recorded 12 minutes, and most of that with birds in my condo. Like, yeah, you get this feeling like, like he has just been really sad and lonely. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so, um, at the end of the episode, he's like, "Hey, you know, if you could bring Holly back, that'd be great." Like, I'll see what I can do, and she does come through on it, which is nice. Yeah, well, also, too, because, like, uh, Michael agrees to read the recall statement for her. Right. Which So that Joe I, doesn't take, like, the, the publicized hit. Yeah, I feel like uh, like she was playing him so well. Like, she well, understood. Yeah. That's she what understood I'm that he see. would do it because he loved doing it. Like, he was super happy to do it. He loved being in front of the camera. Well, I thought he was happy, too, because he knew – like, I felt like maybe it was that day. But Joe says this thing about she'll see what she could do about Holly. So Michael goes downstairs for this news conference. And he's all smiles because he, of this potential that Holly's going to come well, back. No, but he agrees before she says that. No, it's true. But, I mean, that's why I think he's happy. Oh, no. I, I, I mean, with the way he reacted about being on the news the first time, it seemed like he was pretty, pretty uh, elated to be uh on the news you know sure but he wasn't happy while he was being interviewed that first time yeah yeah i guess so which is why i think he's kind of like glossy eyed from uh, mm -hmm. the holly news but either yeah. way it's an inappropriate smile for this very somber information he's sharing like there will be no questions are there any questions <laughs> that's right it, there's this really great talking head with Andy where he's like, hey, I didn't want schools to burn down and all this stuff. And he's like, does that make me hear? And you hear Kevin's like, no, it does not. Yeah. Does that make me the worst guy in the world? <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. And then Aaron, like, comes up because they throw him, like, Andy's bag in the ceiling. Yeah. Which seems yeah. to happen to a lot of his stuff. They like throwing his stuff in the ceiling for whatever reason. They it's do it with place. his cell phone, they do it with his bag. I'm sure they do it with something else. Dignity. 
Oh, Andy doesn't have any of that. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we're about to really get into it about Andy because, uh, yeah, season eight and nine are coming. They're coming only like 16, 18 weeks away. I mean, I'll, I'll say moving forward, I will agree with you that Andy acts terribly and he becomes a terrible character. But I'll also say my, I feel that's because the writers did unjustice th- unjust things to him. I really like, don't think he actually. I think he builds into a good character until he has that he, drunk janitor moment. Yeah. Well, that yeah. Well, in until he loses his job in season eight, I think he actually does build into a good character, being the manager, and everything else. Well, we'll see. We'll see, man. Son <laughs> of a bitch. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, what do you think? Your, your favorite episode of the season? Uh, no, but I do like this episode. Um, you know, it's it's good. It wraps everything up nicely. We start. Uh, it kicks off a lot of storylines because the wolf storyline you know extends into season seven we didn't really hit on it but joe finds toby's novel yeah so those um so that goes into it um holly coming back dwight buying the building which is you know a pretty constant uh thing yeah going forward so yeah it's uh i like it sets up a lot it really sets up the rest of the series for the most part yeah yeah uh so for the forward you know looking you know foresight foresighted i was trying to be clever but it didn't work so for the foresight of the episode and all the foreshadowing i give it 3.14 out of five mile an hours yeah, um, it's just tough, but it's better episode than it was before. Yeah, there's definitely some good bits in it, um, and I think everybody gets like a nice moment at the end of the season here. So uh, I gave it three out of five woofs. Nice. So um, let's yeah. uh, let's wrap up season six. What are your three favorite episodes from this season? Well, let me just this up here. Try not to block the webcam. Yeah, I mean, so it's a rough season. It just gets rougher. Next season's Michael's last season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I gotta say, um, you know, the I think Mafia okay. is a, is a is a good one. It's a nice kind of like character episode. Um, I think. I know I should have done my homework. Jacob messaged me and I was like uh, asking for clarification. Uh, I think the banker is a great one. Just kidding. Strike that from your <laughs> list. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, happy hour is good. Mm-hmm. And I also think um, I think new leads is a good one too. So I mean, bas- basically episodes where it's really just the office. <laughs> and, and and nothing that they were trying to make happen as a whole story arc is involved. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, number one for the season for me is murder. 
Great. I think it's a great episode. It's hilarious. I'm, I knew you were going to list it, you predictable son of a bitch. Uh, number two is Happy Hour. I think it's a great yes. episode. Uh, yeah, it sets up some weird things, but you know, got Date Mike and just, I don't know, it's, I think it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, now, number three is a tough one. I, I keep going back and forth on it. So I'm going to go with Hmm. Scott's Tots for number three. I knew it. That's what I was waiting for. Well, I, I was tossing up between that and Secret Santa. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, but really, it's it's um murder, happy hour, and everything else is pretty distant. Like those two episodes for me are just really strong. Yeah. So if you were to give this season a rating, what would you give it? Oh, uh, well, I guess it would be, I mean, everybody's going to hate me, man. You just put me on the spot here, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to give it like a 2.9 out of five spin moves. I think. Nice. Nice. Actually, not a, it's not a twirl, to be fair. You know, as much I mean, I do like this season, but you actually gave it a higher ranking than I was going to give it. Whoa. Uh, I'll give this a 2.8 out of 5. <sighs> Mr. Scott, what you going to do? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, there's a... Uh... It, it 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 has the the season has a lot of difficulties, right? It has to bring in Saber, right? Get I mean, rid a, of David Wallace, right? It, it's really two kind of seasons. Plus, you get like you get Niagara early, and then like the delivery. The delivery's in the middle of the whole thing, yeah. Right. So it's it's really, and that's you know the yeah, and then you have like you start out with them with like. Oh, you know, Dunder Mifflin and the crash and then say, you know, it's it. there's certain parts of the season, like there's streaks, like it'll get going like two or three episodes would be really good. Then it kind of falls off the cliff or the, you have to start building so much more again. But I feel like the end by the end of the season, you've got Saber established. You have these new characters established, you know, Gabe is there. So, yeah. yeah, I think by the end of the season, it really rounds out. Even though you hate the storyline, you know, the the happy hour, we'll call it the happy hour storyline, last, what, five episodes? Which five, is a big chunk at the end there, yeah. Is, is it, I mean, it's a compelling storyline. Yeah, it's, you know, shitty because Michael's doing a shitty thing, but. Nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that the tough things about this season for me are like, you know, like, there's no denying that for the first four seasons, the Jim and Pam thing were, like, the thing of the show, right? Right. Um, they get together at the end of season three, so season four starts bringing in more Angelo and Dwight stuff, like, when they mm -hmm. break up. Um, we get Holly. So all these other things have happened, and now we're trying to be back on this focus of Jim and Pam, and I felt like the wedding was lame. Yeah. I've, you know, I felt like the pregnancy thing was pregnancy's fine, but the delivery episodes also kind of okay. 
you know, the timing was just weird. You know, mm-hmm. Niagara maybe should have been, uh, you know, the thing before like the winter break. Maybe we should have ended with the delivery in the same way that the previous season ended with the pregnancy announcement. But and it's hard. It's nine months. They have to <laughs> adhere to human physical. Well, and especially if she was like, I don't know if the actress was actually she was actually pregnant. Because if she was, then you just kind of gotta deal with it. (laughs) That's true. That's fair. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, but it's it's okay. I mean, everybody continues to step it up and be more of their characters. I mean, now Mm -hmm. we're kind of getting the final form of Ryan also, because he kind of ends the season, uh, ends the show in this hipster. Way. Yeah, this is pretty much Ryan going forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, Aaron just becomes better. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then that's it. This is the last full season of Michael. Yep. All right, well, we will see all of y'all next time uh, in two weeks. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Jacob Ingalls. You can find our website at brokenjars.xyz. Uh, yeah, patreon.com forward slash broken jars to give us some monies if you would uh, help like to help us stay on the air or internet yep. air, <laughs> the interwave air, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks for coming out and we will see y'all next time. Peace.